Yoga in all its forms has been a support for me in my life through all the highs and lows. It's opened my mind and my heart in ways I never knew were possible. It has been a teacher, a taskmaster, and a friend. This podcast is an offering. I wish to share the teachings of yoga with you as a tool to help navigate life. Namaste and welcome. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. In this episode, we are going to discuss the sixth limb of yoga as put forth by Patanjali, and that limb is dharana. Dharana translates as concentration. It's the practice of keeping attention uh, on a single place, on a focus. So when we discussed in a previous episode on Pratyahara, withdrawal of the senses, we talked about how all of the limbs that precede this one, so the yamas, the niyamas, asana, pranayam, pratyahara, those are more concerned with the outer experience. Now we're moving into the last three limbs, the final three, and we'll be looking more on the inner landscape, but it'll be all internal now. Um, and we've prepared for this. So when we think about when the body has been made steady by the asana experience and when it's had the life force, vital energy of the pranayama practice and then the senses have been brought under control by means of pratyahara. So when you've had the asana pranayama pratyahara, the yogi, the practitioner reaches the sixth limb of dharana concentration on a single point or on a task fully engaged or fully engrossed. So the mind is fickle. We understand this. We talk about it all the time. That is why yoga is, is in existence because of the nature of the mind is to be fickle and it's full of distractions. It's full of thoughts. It's fragmented. Um, it's difficult to, but not impossible to restrain the mind. It let's just face it, right? We talk about this all the time. The reality of the mind is that it's difficult to, to restrain it, to train it, Accept that, Accept that this is challenging. Uh, you know, people say to me, well, I can't meditate, I, which is the next limb, Diana. I can't meditate. I don't know how to meditate because I can't clear my mind. No one's asking you to completely clear your mind. What we are required to do in the practice of yoga is to calm the mind, to actively go about stilling the mind not expecting the mind to still itself. It's like, we've talked about this before. It's like a puppy isn't going to train itself. A puppy's going to pee wherever a puppy wants to pee. You have to train the puppy to go on the paper. And then eventually you got to take that paper outside. So the puppy gets it sent outside to train the puppy outside. Okay. Any, anything that requires training, whether it be, uh, any kind of an, an animal or an, or babies, you know, humans need training, touch this, don't touch that, go here, don't go there. You're not just going to let a child just cross the street. You're going to teach a child how to cross the street. 
safely. Well, that's what we're doing with the mind. This is all mind training. So you do have to actively participate. You know, you can't just light, I say this all the time, so forgive me, but it's true. You can't just light the incense or light the candle and sit down and go, bam, I'm meditating. Well, thank you for showing up. You've got an A for effort, but this is an active practice. This is an active practice. It requires your full attention. You got to be in it. You got to be all in it. So Dharana concentration is saying, listen, I get it. The mind is a powerful tool. And as with all powerful tools, one must understand how to operate the machinery. The machinery of the mind is no different than this. You know, being able to harness its power reveals its full potential, which what are we saying? We're saying that once you can harness the power of your mind, you realize your full potential. You know, people say to me, where's my purpose? How am I going to find my purpose? You don't seek your purpose outside of yourself. Your purpose isn't showing up on a scheduled day and time. No, your purpose is already in existence, but you just have to sit still long enough for it to reveal itself to you. That's, that's, that's the secret. There's so many secrets. There's so many gems. Well, we're running amok, running around here and there, thinking our purpose is somewhere external. It's not. It's internal. So anything is possible when you put your mind to it. You've heard that expression. It's true. But first, we need to witness the mind and watch its behaviors, its tendencies, see where and how it veers off. It, it, what is its nature to be fluctuating? Everybody's mind fluctuates differently, but I promise you everybody's mind fluctuates. It's the nature of the mind. So yogic, the, the thing about dharana, the thing about yogic concentration is there's two kinds of concentration. Let's just consider that for a moment. If you've ever concentrated on something I'm struggling to come up with an example, but if you've ever needed to concentrate on a task at hand, okay, did you ever get a splinter? This is what's coming to mind. If you get a splinter in your finger, we get a splinter in your foot, you know, walking around barefoot as I always do, it happens. You've got to get the clean tweezers and you have to focus intently on pulling the splinter out. And this takes tremendous concentration. You really can't be distracted if you're going to get the job done and you want to get the job done. You want to get that splinter out of there. So you're really focusing. You've got the light just right, everything. When you get that splinter out, notice that there's an exhale that comes. Like your body just goes, oh, okay, that's done. That's a different kind of concentration. When there's a challenging task at hand that you need to be fully engrossed in, but be, but the nature of the task invites gripping. That's different than yogic concentration. So there's a Again, there's this task that you're doing that you're feeling gripped. You don't know you're gripped until the task is over. That needs to be clear. You're not going, I'm gripping, I'm gripping. I'm really tense. I have to do this thing. Even threading a needle, right? If you've ever had to like thread a needle and you're, you know, you got to like really focus, but you're kind of tense. Okay. 
it's the yogic concentration is when the body is free of any muscular tension. You are just wholly, fully present at ease and focused. There's a level of relaxation. I like the word ease that comes over the body that's special. You know, it's not always present. That's dharana. That's when we've primed the body through asana, we've befriended the breath through pranayama, we've quieted and withdrawn our senses and made a conscious decision to not ingest anything more, pratyahara, that we can come to a state of easeful concentration. This really offers an extraordinary element of psychic depth, which in turn invites this creative inner work to unfold. It's pretty trippy, to be honest. It's pretty trippy. You know, when we talk about true dharana practice and then moving into dhyana, meditation, samadhi, complete absorption, we know that there are ways that we can attain these practices that are, um, well, we can use different vehicles. I'm thinking of um, drugs, right? I'm thinking of the I don't have the language for it, but you know, the psychedelic drugs, um, you know, mushrooms and all of these things that really when used safely and when practiced with, um, caution really, so that they're not abused. And so that you are therapeutically supported in the experience. Again, I have no direct experience with this. Um, but that is a way to tap into this deeper state of awareness that can also help you to unfold this creative inner life that is your divine nature. But Michael Pollan, who has written some really wonderful books, and he did write one on this subject, and the name eludes me right now, um, he very wisely also studied the practice of concentration and meditation, the practice of withdrawal of the senses as well. And he said, you can attain this with a steady, consistent meditation practice. Ram Das has been said to say something along the lines of, this is not verbatim. And he originally was Richard Alpert and he, along with Timothy Leary, did a lot of experiments with LSD and things of the of the like, as uh, famously recorded throughout our history. And Ramdas is said to have given the advice, you know, try those things. If that's your want, if that's if that's where you find yourself guided to, but you know, I think he says something like, "When God answers the phone, hang up. You don't need to keep trying it." And there are some really interesting interviews that I personally have watched 
where he discusses his true feeling around all of that experience that he had. Um, it's possible to enter this state of being with a disciplined practice of yoga because it is a yogic state of being. So that is the difference between a yogic concentration, dharana, and the concentrated effort of doing something like threading a needle or pulling out a splinter or something like that. Um, the Mahabharata is an ancient Indian epic, and this is a quote from that. It is possible to stand on the sharpened edge of a knife, but it is difficult for an unprepared person to stand in the concentrations of yoga. It's it's a wild, it's wild horses pulling an unmanned chariot. That is your mind. And you need to get in that chariot, take hold of the reins and direct and guide the horses. You need to tame the mind. So when I think of other, when I combine the three things, I can think of a practice of my own that combines them. Pratyahara, I'm sorry, Pranayam, Pratyahara, and Dharana. And even the next one, Dhyana. So breath regulation, withdrawal of the senses, concentration, and a state of being meditative, a you know, meditative state of being is when I'm painting. So when I'm either working with my oils or I'm 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 learning watercolors now, when I'm painting, absolutely with um with this kind of work there is a narrative of negativity or self-doubt or all of the things but there comes a point when i'm doing the the work and you know you kind of get into this space of you don't kind of get into this space you absolutely get into this space of not really knowing what else is going on in the room i'm just at my easel mixing my paints, making marks. And I'm not really aware of, of anything. Really, someone can walk in the room, my husband can walk in the room and I don't even know it. And I have that as a Pratyahara experience. And I know also, without knowing, I know that my breath has become slow and smooth and steady. And it's, obvious that I am deeply concentrating, but not tensely concentrating. I'm not concentrating with tension. And it's in those moments that truly, once you become aware that you're in that moment, you're not in the moment anymore, right? So it's in those moments where when I come out of it, you know, maybe a dog barks or maybe the inner roommate in my mind starts to tell me that I have no business painting, you know, whatever the negativity is. So once you come out of those moments, it's only then that you realize the beauty of them. Then the, the nectar of being in that space is uh, it's really blissful. So you can't, you can prepare, you must prepare for those moments with practice and discipline tapas, that burning zeal. 
and Svadhyaya, a self-study, a self-knowing, and a study of the script, scriptures and texts. But you can't force the moment. And so that's why, again, it's very important to link these limbs together. Yes, the yamas and the niyamas, but definitely the asana, pranayama, pratyahara, and the rest. And we're talking about dharana right now. So when one of the tools that's helpful uh, for bringing upon this practice of concentration that we're speaking of, it's to use a tool that you're going to concentrate on, an object, rather, that you're going to concentrate on, ideally in the beginning, that's outside of the self. So what they suggest is you want to focus, have your have a single pointed focus on an object that does not churn up a lot of thoughts or desires. So one, one author writes, um, and I'm trying to recall the author, maybe his name will come to me. So forgive me. But anyway, he's, it's, a simple, it's a simple visual where you can pick a picture of a deity. I think he uses, this author uses the example of Jesus. So you could put a picture of Jesus on, on the counter, prop it up, because you're going to sit in concentration. You're going to regulate your breath, withdraw your senses. Now you're going to concentrate and focus on this object outside of yourself. But if Jesus starts looking like a brother-in-law that pisses you off, <laughs> that wasn't a good choice. So we got to be really careful because you can even pick like some amazing saints and deities to stare at. I have one, one of my, um, that I consider my gurus is Neem Karoli Baba, actually Ram Das and Krishna Das, their guru. And I have a hard time using his picture as a focus in meditation. I often don't. It's on my altars. I have many pictures of him, but he looks a little bit like my father who passed on 28 years ago. So that's, that doesn't work for me. It brings up somewhat a level of emotion. So I use my uh, green Tara deity statues, but before any of that comes to you, a candle flame is really powerful because you're probably not going to have most likely an emotional response to a candle flame. It might just be relaxing to stare at it. Now, that being said, the mind is really crazy. So I have definitely had experiences where you're staring at a candle flame and all of a sudden it, your mind is just telling you, you know, Remember Billy Crystal was the voice to the candle, uh, to the fire flame in Hell's Moving Castle? That was crazy. Like, how'd they get Billy Crystal to do that job? You know, your mind just can go on these tangents or you can start to see like, you know, little faces in the candle flame. So yes, that's going to happen. But do your best to always bring it back to the candle flame. That is a object outside of yourself that you're not emotionally attached to. That's the point. So the concentration, the dharana, must be on an object. My recommendation is an object outside of you, but they do also suggest that you focus on an abstract thought or a mantra. And the most common in the ancient text mantra that is recommended is the mantra Om, A-U-M. And you can either silently say Om to yourself or you can think Om. 
I stick with the candle flame when I'm working with people that are new to these practices or that really want to take it to the next level, hone it down, make it simple, light a candle. Just remember to blow it out when you're done for safety. Focus on the candle flame. It's okay if you want to set a timer. This is blending into the meditation discussion that we'll have in the next episode, but concentration on an object for a period of time without distraction because you've withdrawn your senses, your breath is steady, and your body's been primed to sit and do the work. Dharana, concentration. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hands together in the heart center in prayer position. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be healthy and strong. May all beings be safe and protected. May all beings live with ease. Namaste.